the Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't vote. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I am a vote. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not just use on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you've got two videos at the top of the page. Now, I said we're live. We are live here now, but we're pre-recording. The video on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from the previous day. So you'll be able to check that out uh, up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little square. Yes, we took Big Bradley Dean and we stuck him in that little square right there. On the right side of the page, click the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Click the the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. That'll take you over to Rumble. You can join us in the chat over there. A lot of friends over there uh, in the morning. And so when you're over there, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, I think it says follow instead of subscribe, but just click that. It's right up under the video. And uh, that if you want to go directly there on Rumble, it's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Please subscribe. And then before it's news.com, top of the page there, those guys over there are really kind to give us a spot uh, at the top of the page for the morning and afternoon show. Back over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. While you're there, uh, right up under where we're streaming live, look for the email where you sign up for the email uh, list and you'll get all of the articles that we put out for the day, including the morning show archive. So anything that we're going to talk about here, the websites and and other things, documentation, that'll be in the archive. So you can check it out yourself. Okay. So I try to make it as simple and as easy as I can. Uh, so now look, we've, we've had my friend Scott Shara on uh, several times and you know, what, what a great guy and a testimony. And and he doesn't know this, but I talked with people when we met at Red Pill Expo. By the way, check this out. Uh, Scott and I were talking. This was the image of our little briefing interview we had. And Scott's like, we look like we're fixing to go, you know, head to head in a WF, uh, UFC or a WWE match or a boxing match, something like that. I thought that was kind of funny. And I told him I got I to gotta buy one of his shirts uh, that he had on. Unvaccinated Lives Matter. That was great. And had the privilege of meeting uh, his lovely wife as well. And they were just all smiles the whole time. But Scott doesn't know it. But 
people that I talked to there, um, from attendees to the people who were speaking to some of the vendors who were there, all of them that had met Scott or they heard Scott, they just they just thought the world of him. They they they're just going. I don't see how he remains so positive, uh, continues on and doing what he's doing, knowing that these people did what they did to his daughter. And I I'll let him tell you how it happens. I know how it happens because it ain't him doing it. It's it's the spirit of God in him doing it. It's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Scott Sherry. Good morning, man. Good morning, Tim. So those those of you who don't know Tim, I mean, I've teased on this before, but now that I had the pleasure of meeting Tim live six days ago, oh my gosh. So that intro that he does, I had him, I explained it to a man that he had never had, and he just did it. So he's not reading any, any of this stuff. I mean, it's unreal. Uh, I don't, it would probably take me 10 lifetimes to be able to memorize uh, your script for the intro, and it's fantastic. Uh, so how how do you keep a positive attitude? I wouldn't call it a positive attitude. That really isn't right. But it is, it's an attitude of forgiveness. And, and the only way to do that, if we could forgive somebody who murdered our loved ones, there is no such thing as a gospel because that is likely the hardest thing in the world to do. And, you know, God did it. He did it. He had to break me. Uh, he he broke me. I'm a stubborn man, so it took a long time to break me. But on October 16th of 2021, three days after Grace died, I ended up in a different hospital, and I, I thought it was my last day on earth. And it was finally enough to break me, and he, he didn't let me know at that time that he was going to use me, but he knew, obviously, because... Uh, you know, Grace had just died three days earlier, and I'm sitting in a hospital. I just about die, and he gave me the spirit of forgiveness, and it was necessary in order to be able to share this. And now, when I look at when I say this, what is this? I mean, I become a full time researcher and advocate. What's the reason? Uh, you know, my daughter is a martyr, and when you have a martyr who's also been an angel in your life for 19 years, and they gave up their life so that I could become awake. Well, now it's my responsibility to share what I'm learning and hopefully wake people up so they don't lose their best buddy too because I I miss her terribly and I don't want anybody to experience what my wife and I have had to experience. It is the worst thing that that we've ever had to deal with. And um, so now our obligation becomes a watchman on the wall. And it isn't just, uh, you know, at first it was, oh, Grace was murdered. But now it's, it's oh my gosh, this is, is so big. And so I'm titling our discussion today, as you and I talked right before we got on camera, I've been working every day since Red Pill, putting together the latest and greatest material. And I cannot um, believe the things that God has shown me. In fact, Last night, I was woken up in a dream at one o'clock in the morning. I had my phone. I type in a couple things so I can make sure I don't forget it. And then this morning, I put together this first flow chart, which I started yesterday, but then he gave me the finishing touches for this flow chart at one o'clock this morning. And so what I'm titling this is they're all in on it. And the flow chart I want to bring up first is to show when I say that, what am I talking about? And everybody knows who's been watching me. I'm in the medical murder lane. Sometimes I spill over to a couple other things, but I'm really trying to focus on the medical murder lane. And we're having a little freeze up here with Scott and I don't know what's causing that. 
Oh, okay. We'll get with Scott as soon as as soon as he unfreezes there. Um, let's see. My internet is good. It was having some difficulty before, um, but for whatever reason, we've lost Scott here. And uh, yep. Uh oh. Oh, okay. You you froze up there about twenty five seconds ago. So if okay. you were, you said you were in the medical murder lane and. I, I think you're getting, I think what you're getting to or what you're going to get to is some of the stuff that Kate's been bringing up. They, they have the culling of the elderly and the disabled and stuff like that in, in England. And it, it really has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with they're in there actually administering different drugs. Some of them are used in lethal injections and just killing them, you know, right. saying it's a treatment, but it, they're killing him. It's kind of like the remdesivir and stuff like that. So you froze up there. If you want to, if you want to pick up your thought there, and I, it might be on your end. I was having some problems for the past couple of days where it would go out a little bit on my internet. So I want to make sure it wasn't me. Nope. We give it back to him, and <laughs> and we're froze up again. Oh my goodness! All right, somebody doesn't want this interview to take place uh, for whatever reason, I, or maybe it's just I I don't know, I don't know. But uh, I do know this, uh, some of the things that were being said with regard to what Scott was mentioning was what people noticed about him. And I was just going to jump off of what he said there about God teaching him that spirit of forgiveness and that, that grace had to die for him to learn that, you know, isn't, and, and then he has such an appreciation now and a drive to warn people. And isn't that how we're supposed to be as Christians as well? We're supposed to be those who, because of what Jesus has done for us, what how he has died for us, aren't we supposed to be those who are the watchmen of the wall, as he said, warn people of sin, call them to repentance and such. All right, we got st we got Scott back. You got to talk real fast before it freezes Boy, up again. This is so strange. <laughs> I, I uh, just left my chair to get an alternative internet source. So it's oh, okay. good now, just in case, but it's, it's on my end. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I live remote, so. Yeah. That's fine. It yep. can be. Did you hear the part where I was talking about that I, I was woken up in a dream last night? You said that, and then that's when it cut out. Okay, so I've been working since Red Pill on some material that's been floating around in my mind, some new stuff that's been coming up. But I had started this flow chart yesterday, and then God got me up about 1 o'clock this morning with a couple finishing touches for this flow chart to show what's happening. And you mentioned Kate while I was off and, you know, Kate's been a real blessing. You introduced me to Kate uh, back in December and she really prodded me to find the stuff in the U S but it's be way bigger than the U S this is worldwide. So I'm going to share the first screen, Tim, we'll see that it's works on your end that you can see it. Okay. We'll confirm that. And then I'm going to be looking to my left when this is on the screen so I can see it. Yep, you're I have good. I can see. It's on the screen? All right. Yes, so, so I titled this presentation. They're all in on it. But this is the first slide that really sets up the other ones. And you see I have it titled From Chickens to Medical Murder in 120 Years. What's Next? So if you look over on the, the green, and this is is not too hard to go back to if you change your paradigm. Your, your paradigm of medical care is the good old days. So this is before the Rockefellers, not all that long ago. We used to contact the doctor to set broken bones and bandage wounds. You know, what's the reason that we didn't have them give us pills? Because they weren't invented yet. And we weren't duped into thinking that, that the pills are our savior. 
We relied on the land. And, you know, everybody did. So then the doctor visits your pa- the patient at his home. Uh, the doctor receives a chicken as a payment. And then your death date is determined by God. All right. That's, that's the way God intended it. So then what is happening today? And I, I want to look at the old way. The new way was exposed during COVID, but the old way we'll go through first. So the Center for Medicaid Services and Insurance Companies, they set the standards of care that hasten death. So drugs hasten death, radiation hastens death, chemotherapy hastens death. Hastening death is murder, meaning that the person's life is shortened because of standards of care. And I'm going to give a very specific example. Roughly six years ago, a little over six years ago, I was diagnosed with heart disease. And as part of that diagnosis, they wanted to put me on a statin. I rejected that and I started researching and I read a book by a cardiologist who left the profession and he left because he saw it was corrupt. And he wrote the book Undoctored. I read that and he said, follow the money. When you, and I'm going to have a slide on following the money here in a bit with the jab. But he said, you know, if you follow the money, you see that they don't care about your health at all. What they're doing is they're promoting uh, an agenda that funds big pharma. Whoop, I think we got a freeze up again. <laughs> yep, I think we do. Uh, okay, I, I can't blow up the screen, guys, any more than what's there. I know that the guys who are watching on the video platform are unable to maybe read some of this unless you're really squinting hard or you've got a computer screen that's fairly large and you can read it. But he has a flow chart laid out on the left side, you know, the good old days, how we did things, the future, what they're trying to do on uh, what they're trying to put, what, what they're in the process of doing right now. And then in the middle, it's what's going on today. So Scott's back up here again, and uh, I guess he's getting his other internet source yep. fixed. I You're put on- the other internet in play now. Okay, so good, hope- good. All right. Boy, that is, it's frustrating when that happens. But- well, yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in and, and kind of... Yeah, you well, you 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 have a gift of being able to do that, which is fantastic. All right, so uh, I was going through the standard of care under the old way. Did, did was that heard by the audience? Uh, yes, we but, the, but we lost your yeah, we lost your share screen. All right, so if you want to put that back up, that's that, great. Yeah, I'm putting that back up now. Okay, there you go. Okay, so then where were where did I cut out, Tim, on this flow chart? Uh, you were talking about hastening death. Okay. So did I go through the good old days? Yes. Okay. All right. So all of these standards of care hasten death and and hastening death is the equivalent of murder. So when I was diagnosed with heart disease six years ago, that's when I was was clued in on this. And I read a book called Undoctored, uh, written by a cardiologist. And he said, follow the money. You'll see that big pharma is is in on this. And their goal is to... um, develop standards of care that you end up having to rely on them so it funds their pocketbooks. And so the nurse for the uh, cardiologist back when I was diagnosed with heart disease, she said, Scott, I want to tell you something you're not going to want to hear. I said, well, what is it? And she said, the reason we are pushing the statin is because we have to. So I never went on any meds. I did the research and I did my blood chemistry and I ended up getting on some supplements to deal with the blood chemistry, which was the underlying cause of my um, heart disease. And so, you know, the blood chemistry was related to the fact that 
I was borderline diabetic and didn't know it. And, you know, people have different things, different types of blood. So anyway, I was able to uh, recover from that. Uh, obviously, I'm here now, even though I had a 60% chance of dying in the first two years statistically, and it's now year six. And I feel great. I, you know, regardless, I want to get into this idea of, she said, we have to push the statin on you um, because if we don't, our Medicare and Medicare, Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement rates are reduced based on the percentage of our patient population that we get to subscribe to the CMS protocols. So I'm not on Medicare, Medicaid, I'm not on any insurance, but I was a patient of this practice. And so their reimbursement rates were determined on what percentage of their patient population they could get to follow these protocols. So they're trying to hasten my death with a statin. All right, so that's the old way. So this has been in play in play for many, many decades, for, for sure since March 23rd of 2010, which was when Obamacare was passed. I'm not sure before that. But then the new way was ex exposed with COVID. Now we have the government agencies directly involved, the NIH, CDC, and FDA. So they implemented emergency use authorization protocols that directly kill the remdesivir, the ventilators, the jab, and now the hospitals and doctors still implement. In the, in the old way, the nurse used to be an advocate for the patient. Now the nurse becomes an accomplice. And what ends up resulting is an actual death. This is how Grace died versus hastening death. And then these organizations are directly paid money for submission for submission to an agenda. So the agenda is population reduction. Okay, so I get asked a lot, and this is one of the things God gave me in the dream last night, is where is this going? And so what does the future look like? Well, the future looks like the World Health Organization is gonna determine the standards of care. All right, so we're gonna all have a customized standard of care. What would that be based on? Well, it's gonna be based on our birth certificate value, and our ESG score, and then our death date, because now we're slaves, is determined by the AI idol. So that is, this is my picture of, of what's going on, and when I say they're all in on it, now I want to go through some various slides to show different uh, organizations who are in on it. So the first one I'm going to do is the legal system and our state legislatures. State legislatures. Um, but do you, Tim, do you have any questions on this graphic first? No, I think that I think I see the the contrast you're making is in the nat in the, how things would be naturally is on the left side. Um, you know, you're you're pretty much you're as Kate would say, your food is your medicine, your medicine is your food. So a lot of the stuff that we that we previously used to eat was actually good for us, the vast majority of it, because it either came out of the ground, you picked it off a bush, off a tree or you killed it yourself and you, you right. ate it. Now it's moved to the future. And then the interesting thing that you pointed out was uh, the payments. You know, we're in a lawless money situation. So what we have in our wallet we call money is actually just pieces of paper, which the Federal Reserve says isn't worth anything. They're only worth something in your mind. So your doctor, much like what you would see in the New Testament when you gave um, or when you brought something for, you know, that your overseer, your bishop at your church, when you'd pay him honor, you'd pay him double honor, that would be in things that you grew uh, or part of your flocks and things that you made sure that he was 
he was able to have shelter, clothing and food. And you do that. And then the date, death date was determined by God. Now that's all flipped around. You've got the fiat currency. Now they're going to try to push the digital currencies. And the death date is made by, you know, some idol that's been made by man. That's right. Right on. Very good summary. That And that is another uh, behind the scenes issue, this whole fiat currency thing. I don't have that in my presentation, but, I, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the concept that, you know, everything that we've been told about value is it's all a lie. It absolutely you know, is. Yeah. In fact, we're going to have this guy, uh, Chris Taylor, come on. I'm going to see if I can get him on. I did a short interview with him. He's a financial prepper and he talks about that. Our wealth used to be land, uh, it used to be cattle, it used to be the food we grew, um, you know, in our families. That was that was what was considered wealth, not or gold or silver, but not um, a piece, you know, a piece of paper somewhere that, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, wealth at all. Correct. I mean, and it's, it's so strange to think about that concept that, you know, people have a 401k, we liquidated all of our, our, uh, ass, any liquid assets that we had that were supposedly liquid and we put them into gold and silver, but you know, none of, none of this can protect you from what's coming, but it just didn't make sense. Once I realized we have a fiat currency, why would we have anything that's paper? Because it's just, it's the equivalent of nothing and it can be taken at any, any time. Um, but it's still, I'm still wrapping my head around that. Someday I think I'll understand it, but I'm, I'm squarely in the medical murder lane right now. All right, so I'm gonna stop sharing this screen. So the first group that's in on it, then I want to, this is what you and I talked about briefly at Red Pill, but I'm gonna show you something that will blow your mind. So the state legislatures are, are in on this. So what I'm sharing now, let me know when it's up. Is it yep, on your you're screen, good. Tim? You're good. All right. So we filed our lawsuit. You know, we're, we've been blessed. We told God that once we, we jumped into this, that if he would open up whatever door he would open up, we would walk through it. So we have the first uh, individual lawsuit in the country. Uh, we have the first uh, trial date. We have a jury trial date, Tim, that starts the day before the presidential election. We have a three-week jury trial starting November 4th of 2024. It's like, how is this even possible? But yet, I'm not putting any faith in, in the legal system. I want everybody to know that. And if we happen to win any financial, we're giving it back because it isn't. that is not the goal. The goal was to use the case for God's glory and in this case, God's glory is to shed light on this evil. So we're using the legal case for that purpose. And you know, I can hardly believe that we were picked to do this and that we have we actually have the first jury trial in the country. You know, that's a miracle. Yes, yeah, Scott, can you can you relay to the audience uh what you were telling me there about what happened when the judge said it was gonna go forward and the hot mic that was on the nurses there on the Zoom link? Can you relay that to the people? Yeah, so we were, so the, first I'll just set up, we filed our lawsuit on April 11th, uh, The we filed against Ascension Hospital System, five doctors, two nurses, they all had to respond by May 15th, and one of the defense attorneys wrote a motion to partial dismiss, that was heard, the judge scheduled a hearing on July 14th, and that's what Tim is wanting me to get to, and I'm going to share a document from there, and we'll go on a rabbit trail, but in that hearing, so there was about 100 people in the courtroom. There's only about 60 seats, so there's about 40 people standing. 
you know, in support of, of what we're doing. And then they had the equivalent of Zoom where the attorneys and then people could call in to Zoom to um, listen. Uh, strangely, somebody called in as me. You know, so instead of putting their name in, so the judge realizes I'm sitting at the plaintiff table. So he says, aren't you Scott Sherr? I said, yeah. So he just cut them off. He was real, real strict and disciplined, which I, I particularly like because I, I like to, I'm very disciplined too. And I want deadlines to be hit. Anyway, then once they, he set the jury trial, um, we don't know who this was. Uh, that said this, but it was a lady, you know, we were thinking, is this the nurses, you know, that they decided to participate, you know, because we don't know, we don't know, because you can use an assumed name, whatever. But anyway, they just blurted out, we're in jeopardy. And, you know, that is, it got captured in the, um, there's a transcript for the hearing. So we have the, the physical transcript, and it was captured in the transcript also, which was pretty neat. Uh, which you know we're we're going to find out. I mean, this is this is a big time legal case, and we're thankful that the judge. You know, I don't know him. You know, so my perception is he's wants the truth, and so he would not dismiss the case because why would you dismiss a case just based on a motion to dismiss? And especially with the claim that they put in the motion to dismiss, which I want to show you the two the two claims, and this is. This is so, uh, the first claim is, is really frivolous, but it shows you the shenanigans that attorneys do. But the second claim shows you the shenanigans that the legislature is involved with. So this first, first one, so do you see this on your screen, Tim? I do. Yep. All right, so this was the first um, reason that the defense attorney gave for dismissing Grace's case. He says, so one of our claims is we want a... Um, a declaratory judgment on the illegal DNR put on Grace. So his his reason to dismiss is the DNR order should be dismissed because A, the issue is not ripe for adjudication, and or B, the issue is moot because Grace Shera, the subject of the order, is deceased. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, I know. What a stupid <laughs> argument. That's the you whole point, this, isn't read, it? It's, oh. it's, <laughs> when I, well, I, I laughed out loud when I read. I thought, you know, this guy is going to send his client a bill. And if the client reads what he wrote, they're not going to pay the bill because it's too stupid. Right? Yeah. I mean, my right. kids would even get that. <laughs> my, little, my little kids, they would get that. Well, that's a stupid <laughs> argument. And yeah, we're here because she's dead. And that's tied to the DNR. So now the more important one, so, I mean, obviously he didn't entertain that, but I mean, there's judges that would have entertained that, right? So, you know, that's why I'm thankful that this judge seems to, at, I, I don't know that he's a pursuer of truth, but he certainly um, saw through that. And, you know, we scheduled the jury trial in this hearing, which that is not normal. Normally, they have a scheduling conference first, and then, you know, they told me to expect three to five years before we get our jury trial. Wow. And here, we're going to have it on November 4th of 2024, Praise which is a long time. You know, that's a long time. I mean, we shouldn't have to wait that long because people are still being murdered. Yeah. We wanna, you know, we're ready to go tomorrow. You know, so why don't we have the jury trial tomorrow? Well, you know, that's, that's another piece of how the cabal has tied things up. But here's the biggie. All right, so I'm going to just read this and then unpack it. 
It says the legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme to govern claims for damages. So they use the word scheme. You see that? I'll unpack this, Tim. Um, arising out of alleged medical malpractice was to encourage healthcare providers to remain in Wisconsin by imposing certain limits on the causes of action that a patient or her family can pursue in the types and amount of damages that can be recovered. All right, so what's going on here? They want Grace's case to be a straight medical malpractice case. What's the reason? Medical malpractice is cut and dry. If they violated the standard of care, the maximum payout is $750,000. And there's, we don't have to cross the lines into what, what caused them to do that. What's the intent behind it? Did they do this on purpose? All those things that we really want to get into, they're trying to streamline and say, no, this case fits under the statutory scheme because if we don't have this scheme in place, doctors won't practice in Wisconsin. And this applies to all 50 states, by the way, so you just have to find it in your state. So we got to have this scheme in place, otherwise doctors won't practice. Well, I own a small business, Tim. I don't have a statutory scheme in place to protect me from being a shyster. I've got to be a good business owner. That's my protection. So why can't doctors do the same thing? Why not just be a good doctor? Isn't that your protection? And this is this is so crazy. But this happened with our you know, people fall into the dialectic of Democrat and Republican. Well, the Republicans are all in on this, too. The Republicans are the ones who push this. So if you remember Stella Liebeck, she's the 79-year-old lady who spilled coffee on her lap in 1992 who sued McDonald's. They used that case to implement their contract with America and implement tort reform across the, you know, across the um uh, the entire country, so that their big donors would have the legislatures put laws in place to protect them versus the little guys like me and you. We don't have any laws in place to protect us. We have God's law, which is choice and consequence. If I make a bad choice, I have a consequence. These guys make a bad choice, they have no consequence. So this is this is huge. So the judge, um, he instructed us to do an amended complaint so that we take into account to separate these issues out so that Grace's case doesn't just fit into a straight malpractice case. Okay. All right, my next one, I'm going to stop sharing here. And then I want to go to, uh, I want to show you one that I developed a while back, but it's worth bringing up. Uh, so this is another one. God got me up. He got me up in January of 2022 to put together this slide. So let me share my screen. So is that up the level of money? Yes. All right. So this was unique to COVID. By the way, COVID is is officially over. But on May 11th, the FDA made a statement that said the emergency use authorizations and the bonuses being paid are still in play. So and so basically we can say COVID has left the building according correct. to the government, right? <laughs> correct, which is that's foolishness beyond foolishness. Yes. We don't seem to go through that, but the emergency use authorizations are still in play. And about four weeks ago, my son-in-law's mother went into a hospital in Tennessee. She went in for dehydration guess what they tried to put her on a ventilator almost as soon as she got in the room 
So you think, what is the purpose of this? It's because the emergency use authorizations are still in place. Well, thankfully, my brother-in-law, or yeah, my brother, my, my it's it's Jessica's husband, Adam. So can so I, not, not can my I ask you something my, about that? My son-in-law, yeah, my son-in-law's mother. Can I ask you something about this? Uh, yeah, because if you're saying they're trying to get her on right right away, I know the hospitals get this money. Are the hospitals offering? the nurses, the emergency workers, the doctors, a, a portion of that money, if they do it, is have you discovered that at all? I have, but I don't have a smoking gun. Okay. An anecdotal uh, evidence. So I, I've been on a radio program several different times and the host shared with me that a nurse sent them um, a check anonymously because she was being paid. And she said, I can't take this money because it's blood money. So, I mean, that's that's just an anecdotal story. I don't have the smoking gun. I am going to be talking with A.G. DePriest later today. She's the one who has done the most research into um, uh, these bonus monies. And I'm, my specific question for her is who's cutting the checks and who's getting them? Because I would like to connect the dot. I get asked that regularly, but I don't have a specific answer. We just know that it happened but we don't know who cut the checks and who got them. So, you know, in this case, what I was doing in this one that's on the screen, I call it the love of money. So money, so if the agenda is to reduce the population. Well, how do they do it? Well, they're, they did it through money. And with COVID, what they did is they had a three-legged stool. One was the financial incentive, which is what this is about. Then they had the shroud of secrecy because they wouldn't allow family members in the room and then the third thing that they did was had they had the PREP Act, which provided immunity from liability if you followed these protocols. Well, I mean, that set up the perfect temptation so that the only the most godly of men could have not taken that temptation. And here we have Ascension Hospital System. So Grace died at an Ascension Hospital. They have roughly 150 hospitals. And you see, based on, on this um, screen that's up, they not only received a PPP grant of 1.8 million, but they received in the first year of COVID 8.3 billion in bonus payments to implement agendas that kill people. So mainly the ones that we know of are remdesivir and ventilators, but there was a number of other emergency use authorizations. So then when you look at Ascension today, and this is why our case is truly David against Goliath, in Goliath, Ascension Hospital has $30 billion in cash. They're the second largest nonprofit organization health-wise in the entire country, the first largest Catholic um, hospital system. And it's, it's, um, it's sickening to see that these payments were paid to facilitate death. And that goes back to my original flowchart that I was was sharing at the beginning. All right, I'm going to stop this one. And then I want to go to, all right, this slide I just put together this morning. So this is what I'm showing here, Tim, is I want to show that the, the life insurance companies are in on this. So this is, this is really a shock to me. So is it up on your screen? Yes, sir. All right. So USA Today just had an article on the 11th that, that said, how come there's nobody digging into this? And 
the society of actuaries, I mean, this would be not a company I would ever want to work work for. I mean, you'd, you'd have to poke your eye, poke yourself in the eye with a toothpick to stay awake. But they put together these statistics to show that in 2020. Scott, the, can you take in, is it possible for you to um, enlarge that? It's really small on the screen and for at least for the for the um, the viewing audience, it's going to be it's going to be really small. Yeah, let me see if I can. Okay, for the for the radio audience, you guys will be able to check this out later if you don't jump over to sonsoflibertymedia.com before it's news.com or on the Rumble page, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. But if we can show that, yeah, that I think yeah. that's a, that's a yeah, little I better. That's I, I didn't mean to mess you up. <laughs> well, it's okay because you know what I want to do. I actually want to get to something more important. So let me let me just get to. You know, ultimately, what it showed by the actuaries. I just want to get the actual numbers, Tim. So bear okay. with me just a just a moment. That's fine. Yeah, I just want people to be able to see what you're showing there because I think it's important. If always behind any of the regulations and stuff like that, you're always going to find, like you said, follow the money. You're always going to find insurance companies somewhere behind it. Doesn't matter if it's a fire code. Doesn't matter if it's uh, health regulations or anything like that, or wearing your seatbelt. That that didn't come out of the legislature. That came from insurance companies. Well, it, that's and life insurance. You think okay, so just think through a life insurance company. You know they're they're profitable based on their actuarial tables, and if their actual actuarial tables don't work out, they're going to go out of business. Right? They have to because that's how they make money. If statistically more people die, it would bankrupt the company because they, they have to make these payouts. So these two tables go through the life insurance payout in 2020 versus 2021. And you see that the excess deaths that they had relative to COVID, they had an extra 14.7% death rate in 2020 and 18.5% in 2021. All right, so now what would you expect? And I'm going to stop this because I'll get to the one that. So let me bring this up. What you would expect, actually, I'm, I'm going to give an intro to this. You'd expect then, if this is happening, just like smoking, you know, when you do a life insurance application, if you're a smoker, your rate is higher than a non-smoker, right? Logic. Sure, sure. Okay, so now what would you expect then? So now they have this at their fingertips, these statistics. So holy cow, COVID is, you know, we've got this, you know, of course it's drilled down to the jab and everything else, but we see, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. Well, wouldn't you then expect on the actual life insurance application that they would ask that question. So interestingly, so did the, is this up on your screen, this life insurance yes, application? Sir. All right, so this we just put a key man life insurance policy on one of the guys working in our business. And this was from February of 2023, so six months ago. So it goes through, I've got all five pages. I'm not going to go through this now, but it goes through the typical things. You see question six, do you use nicotine, um, blah, blah, blah. All right. So, and it goes through all the questions, but they don't ask anything relative to, did you take the jab? 
All right, so that tells me that the federal government is paying these life insurance companies to not put that on the application questionnaire. Well, you would think, Scott, with with that going on, I mean, I guess that's an assumption of, of sorts, but you, you kind of wonder, okay, well, if that's going on and you're a guy who owns the insurance company, wouldn't you be thinking, wait a minute, we're going to have to fork out a lot of money. And and so what are we going to do? And maybe this is what you're getting at, that, that, that the government's coming and saying, okay, we'll subsidize you because we know these people are going to die from all this stuff. But even if they ask them, all, the, the insurance company, I mean, look, the insurance, what, are, what, what can they do? They can come along and they can say, well, because you did that, you're at a higher risk. We're going to have to charge you $10, $20, $30 more a month. And you, right. you, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like if they ask you if you smoke, well, they, they're gonna they're gonna charge you. I mean, if you're if you're a regular smoker, I'm not talking about if you have a cigar somewhere, at some this that and the other. But if you're if you're a smoker, if you're continually smoking every day, they're gonna charge you more than if you're not one. Just like what you said, if you if you Correct. if you drink a lot, they're gonna charge you more than if you don't. Correct. So why wouldn't they do that with the vaccine and just? You know, what, what would be the big deal? Because most people who took the shot weren't thinking anything about it anyway. It's the same reason that the mainstream media is not in the game and shouting from the rooftops that this jab was designed to kill us. So the life insurance companies, if they start putting that on the application, you know, of course I'm speculating here, but if they started putting it on the application, people would get wise to what you and I know that this jab was designed to kill people. Sure. So that means, you know, when I see the fact that these companies would go bankrupt because of these COVID numbers and they're not putting it on there, so there's no upcharge for getting the jab, that means they're, they must be getting money from the federal government, just like the hospitals were getting money from the federal government. So th remember the title of this is they're all in on it. All right, the last slide I want to show before we talk about how to protect yourself is... This is one that I just got last week. This is this is so good. Um, all right, so I put this one together last week. So this is actually a formal slide now in one of my presentations. And so you see it says follow the money. So we start with that we have roughly 70,000 um, family medicine doctors in the United States. And I did the math with an average of 2,500 patients per provider. And so then there's roughly 176 million people in the United States that have go to a family practice provider. This would not include kids. So I just want to make sure my math made sense. And so it did. And so this is from Anthem. So one of the insurance companies, not life insurance, this is a medical insurance company. And so this was given to me last week, and I started digging into the numbers and realized, oh, my gosh, if these doctors are promoting the jab, so an average, to give you a perspective, the average uh, family practitioner makes two to $250,000 a year. That's their salary. And if they push the jab in this quarter, so the last quarter of 2021, they would have added to their paycheck a quarterly bonus of $296,000. Wow. 
that's wow. mind-blowing stuff. And you yes. know, this is the document, this document from Anthem that's on the screen is it documents the bonus plan. You know, so it's of course becomes one of the questions you need to ask. You know, if you still go to an allopathic doctor, you need to ask the blunt questions. You know, are you getting incentivized by this? But don't be surprised if they lie because you know the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All yeah. right. And, and just so people understand, just so people understand, I, th I think our audience is pretty smart, but there might be some out there who aren't getting what you're getting at when you're saying they're all in on it and it's medical murder. If a if a let's say we've had some stories before where like a wife might poison her husband over a period of months or years in hopes that he will die just because she didn't take out a gun right then and shoot him and kill him doesn't mean she wasn't engaged in murder. So th this is. This is, I, I got to tell you when, you, when you start to pull back and you see this stuff, it's not health care. It's, it's not even death care. It's just death. Right. That, that's what this is all based upon. And you know, the scriptures talk about it. It says they love death. They don't love yeah. life. They love death. Ah, oh, this, when you pull back from this, that is exactly all this is centered around is death. It's not about life. It's not about health. It's not about any of that. Yeah, I you know that that uh, that's why I'm in the hospital murder medical murder lane, Tim, um, because once I started to wrap my head around that, I can't talk about it enough because I get that now. It's like when we talked about the fiat currency, you know, I I'm only starting to really get that. But I mean, I get this medical murder and hastening death is murder. Uh, I just. I would be, you know, I can't do the most interviews I've done in a day is nine. So I'll do nine interviews a day if I can get them just to share this message, because I don't want anybody to lose their best buddy. You know, and at the beginning, we realized Genesis 50, 20 is what we're going to stand on, which is what you intended for evil. I meant for good, the saving of many lives. Amen. So, you know, how do you save lives? You know, we can't do it. Only God can. But physically, there's two aspects, physically and spiritually. So physically, when I share this information, I'm hoping people wake up and realize, oh, my gosh, I, I, if I go into a hospital, I need to protect myself. I need an advocate. I, I have to make sure that they don't follow protocols that I haven't approved and things like that. You know, that's a whole nother um, story that we can talk about. But then spiritually is how I would like to wrap things up. Because, you know, if, if you are being hunted and you don't have any weapons, you know, how do you protect yourself? When you realize that this agenda is to reduce the world population, the, I mean, I, I can't physically survive that. You know, that is not in my, in, you know, we've got, you know, yeah, it's not. Well, it's not in. It's not in our makeup. We don't have a reprobate mind. We haven't seared our conscience of that. So we have no way to grasp that. You and I were talking about that just before we started recording, and that is that ours is always. If somebody's hurt, we want to help them. If they're if they're dying, we want to try to save their lives. These people, their intent is, I don't care if you die or not. I actually want you to die. I mean, right. I have no comprehension of that. And so in order to deal with them, we have to have a mentality that understands there are people out there that are just like that. And the Bible tells us about them. They've seared their conscience. They've cut themselves off. 
And God told us, I mean, Satan is the prince of this world. So, I mean, what we're seeing, we should expect, but still it's hard to wrap our head around it. And, you know, so then where do you go with this? I mean, we can go on the whole prepper route, you know, and, um, you know, gold, silver, bunkers, bullets, you know, you can, you could go crazy on that route. But I mean, you know, when I see, you know, when you see things like, um, like you and I saw at Red Pill, Tim, where they can start fires and just take out a house. And then all the trees around the house are still, they don't have any, any sure. marks. How is that even possible? So, I mean, the weapons that they have, one of the speakers had told us that the weapons they have are 50 to 60 years beyond what we're, you know, what we're even aware of. You know, so, you know, we can't protect ourselves against that. But we, but so a, a pastor, when I first was, knew that I was one of God's, he said, there's anything with anything, there's two mistakes that you can make. The first one is failure to prepare. So, I mean, hopefully these things that I'm sharing get you to the mindset of being prepared. So we have a responsibility to be prepared. God wants us to live. No doubt about that. I mean, he doesn't want us to just give up. So we have to prepare. But then the second thing is way more important than the first. And he said the second mistake, so the two mistakes you can make, first is failure to prepare. The second is relying on your preparations. We rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, brother. What you and I talked about beforehand is, you know, and I, I just think it's wonderful. We were listening to a sermon a couple of weeks ago um, from Daniel chapter two, and you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gave us the way to survive this. And you know, what they did was they put a hundred percent faith in God, and they survived the fiery furnace. And the neat thing about their testimony was. They said that even if God doesn't save us, it doesn't change our faith in him. And, you know, we know where we're going. That's and right. that is the most important thing that, you know, it's the only thing that I'm sure of is that I'm a sinner and Jesus Christ came to pay the price. That's everything else that I've learned in my lifetime is become suspect. But that one thing I know is true. Yep. Amen. Scott, let me let me bring this up, because if we have to go over something, we can do that. But, you know, I was thinking about what we were talking about, about the money situation. All of these people are in on it. You even have a nurse who's been given a bonus check. She knows it's blood money. That's what she's saying. She's trying to give it away. Um, you know, it made me think of Proverbs 1. I think I read this the other week on the air uh, where the, the father is instructing his son. And I just want people to hear this. Maybe you're out there. Maybe they're tempting you to do these things. And, hey, we're going to you get a big bonus check if you, you know, get them in on this vent. And if you put this thing in them and you do that other kind of stuff and it's going to it's going to if it doesn't lead to their death, it's definitely not going to help them be healthy. And this is what it says. This is from Proverbs chapter one, beginning at verse seven. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And listen to what they're enticing them with. If they say, come with us, let us wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. 
My son, walk not thou in the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait not for the other people's blood, but for their own. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which is exactly what you're talking about here today, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. And I, that was what came on my mind, Scott, the whole time you're talking here. This is exactly what they're doing. I think that's spot on. And do you think that, you know, if you're one of these people and you happen to get shared this message, do you think that Satan is going to give you a free pass because you went along with this? And I'll give you two very pointed examples, Tim. We, you, you might remember my wife and I rescued Robert Pazer, a 40-pound disabled man with spinal, spinal muscular atrophy in November of 22. And so we physically are in the room with him, with his mom and his power of attorney. And now we've got him in his wheelchair, we're ready to go. And the nurse was in the room. And I said to her, you know, I may never have this opportunity again. So I'd like to ask you a question. And that is, I mean, you know, I said, you don't have to acknowledge this, but you know, they were trying to kill Robert. How could you go along with this? And she said back to me, I'm from the Philippines. And if I don't follow the protocol, they'll deport me. So that's one example. Then another one is a 66-year-old lady. So Grace died in a hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin. There's another hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin, and she works for this hospital. When our story first came out, she called the reporter from one of the newspapers and said, that man is lying and talking about me, lying about the DNR that was put on Grace's life by the doctor. She said, doctors don't do that. Well, then she called the same reporter back uh, this was now probably four months ago, and said, he's not lying. I'm the power of attorney for my dad, and I'm a nurse, and I was reviewing his chart. He's in the hospital. He's in his 90s, and the doctor put an illegal DNR on him. And so I asked the reporter, can you put me in touch with her so I can talk with her? And so she did. I talked with this lady, Tim, and I said, will you come on the radio podcast with me, share this. We're t- you know, People's lives will be saved if you come on the programs with me. And she said, I, I can't. She said, I'm 66 years old and I'm a year away from retirement and I don't want to jeopardize that. Wow. Yeah. I, I've ran across that too. Scott, do you got some other information you need some time to share with us? I just have one last thing I'd like okay, to say. Hang, hang on. More- let me let yeah. me close off this and then everybody can jump over on sonsoflibertymedia.com before it's news.com or the or our Rumble channel at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're going to finish this with Scott and uh, let him give his final presentation. So be sure to do that. Bradley will be with you guys at 3 o'clock Eastern, so be sure to catch him there. And then, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. That's the first time I think I had that much music going on at the end of the show that I can recall. But Scott, go ahead. You, the thing that you want to yeah. share, go ahead and share that with the I audience. I just had one, one last thing because in what, what I, the thing, the revelation that God has given me in all of this. So first of all, I was just a, you know, I just a regular guy. I own a business. You know, I had the um, chasing the American dream and, but you know, I was basically, you know, I was a, conservative Christian, but I was not awake to anything. Okay, so now my daughter dies. 
Um, I realized she's murdered. I started digging into genocide, Holocaust. You know, and, I mean, you can see, you know, I've become a full-time researcher, advocate, et cetera. But what is the main thing that he showed me? And what he showed me was that, Scott, don't use Grace's story um, to promote evil. And her story fits in a very specific way. And this is the most important thing that I have learned. And it continues to be the theme. So all these things that I bring up are really to, to get people awake to the evil that's going on. But the evil, becoming awake to evil, what he showed me is that Satan needs that. He is expecting this evil to be exposed. So don't be at a, in a race to expose evil. So then why would Satan want the evil exposed? And it's because Satan is a two-sided coin. He has the evil side, which obviously we're seeing, but he also has the less evil side, the angel of light side. And this is what I see happening. The solutions being proposed by just about everybody, I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Uh, the solutions being proposed are, um, you know, these are things that we would agree with. You know, the military tribunals for these people that have, have done this, um, a gold-backed financial system, a parallel medical system, all these things, they're all being proposed. And, you know, you really can't necessarily find fault in the individual things that are being proposed. But none of them acknowledge the one thing that is the most important, and that is we got here by rejecting God. And that means that if God is going to get us out of this, the only way out of it is through repentance. We have yep, to repent right. for God to jump back in the game. Otherwise, the end is already predictable. He's done this before. So if we're not willing to to, to do that and repent, it, it's over. The angel of strategy is going to hit us like a ton of bricks. You know, we're, Satan is a false. But he's antichrist, but he's also a false prophet. And it's going to hit us like a ton of bricks. And we're going to, not you and me, Tim, but I mean, by God's grace, not you and me. But things are going to get substantially worse. And then he's going to come in. He, meaning Satan, is going to come in on a white horse as a false prophet and put put together something that is security and comfort. And it's going to be the last duping. And then the door will be closed. I look at this as a three-sided corral right now. He's hurting everybody in. Some people are escaping, but then the, the door will be closed. And that's my main, you know, I, we got through all of that program just for this message at the end. And I'm glad you're willing to let me share it. Yeah, well, I think that I think that's the case, too. I, I think that's exactly the case. And this is why, you know, Scott, this is why I've had people on like we, we had on today is uh, Friday that we're recording this. And we had John Richardson on talking about the B-17. That is something that's in nature. Now, yeah, you can go buy his his apricot seeds and the books and the supplements and stuff like that. But see, here's the thing. The people are going to have to start growing their own food. We've lost that whole concept of right. how to grow food. If you, if, you, if you don't have food that you're growing, you're suspect to be manipulated because, well, if they take away your food uh, and you don't have any growing, well, you're at their mercy. If right. you, if, if they take, you know, Land, we need to, uh, as I was mentioning, uh, this guy from Red Peel, Chris Taylor, that I interviewed, he's talking about, you know, your wealth, your land, your cattle, chickens, sheep, whatever it is. 
and then your the food you grow. And I've talked about that. The food issue is one not only of health, it's one of just living your life. And right. I mean, if we go to the grocery store, most of the time we don't we don't know what we're getting there. They can even slap organic on it, but organic sometimes they'll let you know how these crooked people are. They let stuff go by where it's got pesticides or something else in it. And the only way to be sure is if either you grow it or your neighbors grow in it and you saw them growing it. And yep. you know right that on. they have a same mindset that you do. That's the only way you really know what you're getting. But that's an important part to this whole health issue to try to keep us out of these hospitals or as Kate says, hospitals as much as possible. Because the only reason to ever, in my mind, the only reason ever to go to a hospital is for something traumatic. Absolutely. Otherwise, you need to be taking care of that at home. Maybe your body needs rest. Maybe you need to put some chlorine dioxin in there. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just telling you that there are other means if you will educate yourself on it to take care of yourself. The patches that Mary Lou talked about yesterday would be a great start for people to rejuvenate and stuff. But if you're just going to depend on the patch and not change you know, what you're doing, you're going to end back up in the same place under the same, you know, white coat priest quacks that you go to and taking the same pharmaceuticals that are going to kill you, that you're going to end right back up in this, this pathway of death. And I, I say it often because God said it in the old covenant when he presented it to the people. I think he presents this the same way in the new covenant. I present before you life and death, Choose life. And then he asked the people, why will you choose death? Why do you love death? What is that all about? And, and I think that's where they've, they've positioned us that everything is about death. Everything is about death. Nothing is about life. They, they use the terms life. They use the terms health to mask the evil intent of killing you, which is exactly what you're saying in all of this. It's, it's, it's right on. Wait, um, I... I I'm so thankful, Tim, that you were you let me do this today because you know I don't have this formally done yet. You know everything is is in flux, but I you know I had this concept this last week that they're all in on it. I started putting slides together, and so you're the first one to see this all in a a presentation. It's not smooth yet, and I don't know that it'll ever be smooth, but it's uh, it'll get smoother as I go through these slides a, a couple more times. Well, I don't mind being your lab rat. No, no pun intended there. <laughs> I, I don't mind being the lab rat for that because it's good information. And I don't want people to go away. And I don't think you do either. I don't want them to go away. Like I see so many people, they get the information and they think they've done something because they got the information. You, you've got to take the information and not only share it with people, it's got to change your life. If you've been complacent in that, you need to warn your family members. You need to warn the people you go to church with, the people you meet in the supermarket. You've got to start up conversations so that you can inject these kinds of things to warn them and always temper that with the gospel of peace. I mean, that is, that is our duty as Christians. We're to deliver the message of uh, our king to the people of his realm, which are all nations, Jesus is king of all nations. There, let's not let's not even you know discuss that he's not. He is, and w- this should be a place where we can lead them into that by showing them what the enemy has done, and say, do you want to be continue to be a part of his kingdom, or do you want to repent and be a part of the king's kingdom, and receive That's the right. blessings of the king, or do you want the curses? Which one do you want to do? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I know that's the case with you, Scott, too. I'm going to give you the final word here, brother. 
the final word is that this has been going on since the garden. And if you start looking at Genesis chapter 3, you'll see that what Satan tempted Eve with was, he called it the knowledge of good and evil, but he lied there. It wasn't the knowledge of good and evil. It was the knowledge of evil and less evil. And that sinful nature is part of all of us. We have a quest for knowledge because that's the original temptation of Eve, and she bought into that original temptation. God offered, instead of the tree of knowledge, he offered the tree of life. And Adam and Eve rejected the tree of life in exchange for the tree of knowledge. And that pursuit of knowledge becomes an idol. It's become now science. So trust the science. That's this pursuit of knowledge. And because Satan is the ultimate deceiver, we have been tricked to follow knowledge. And all the while, God offered wisdom, the tree of life. And when you realize that this has been going on since the beginning, for me, it helped frame the entire discussion. So then I can separate myself from all of this evil and realize, okay, God's still on the throne. As Grace would tell me many times, Dad, God's got this. And he still does. He's not, he's, he's not sitting there when... Uh, uh, you know, when the Maui fires happen, saying, boy, they, they got me this time. You know, he, he, he laughs and scoffs at them. Uh, that's in Psalm uh, chapter 2. I mean, he laughs and scoffs, scoffs at these evildoers. You know, they, he's, he's still on the throne. He's still in charge. And so we don't need to panic with all this evil. And I hope people can rest in that reality. Yeah, amen, amen. And I'll I'll just reiterate. You were talking about the knowledge is, issue here. Uh, going back to, and I'm going to jump down a little bit further. But Psalm or Proverbs chapter one. What was the first thing I read? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then if you go down past where I read there, it says this. It says, um, Wisdom crieth out, crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gate. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge, like real knowledge that comes from God, right? <laughs> the fear of the Lord brings knowledge. Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. That's what you were talking about at Psalm 2. I will mock when your fear cometh, and when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Now, friends, that's a fearful place to put yourself. That's right. They shall yeah. seek me early, but they shall not find me, for they hated knowledge. And he's not talking about the knowledge that Scott's talking about. He's talking about the knowledge that comes from fearing the Lord and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore, if you're one of those people that do it, here's what's coming to you if you don't repent. Therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, he always holds out hope for, the, for people. Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear 
of evil. I, I tell you, wow. Scott, that was, that was fantastic, Tim. What? Yeah. What? What you've been talking about here. If people would but fear the Lord, they would see clearly, and I know many in the audience do, they would see clearly exactly what you're saying, and they would see it in the scriptures the way it is, and they would say, yes, this is just more evidence that God is who he says he is, and that man is who he says he is, that God says he is, and that man is always in need of repentance, but but God is immutable. He never changes. He always deals with things the same way, and if you want God, you got to come to him on his own terms. That's very, I mean, we could keep going. This is great. <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, I, I want to just separate these two terms because they're very important. So Satan offered knowledge, God offered wisdom, but yet God also says in, you know, what you, you, you are parsing the word knowledge, which is great. Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So obviously God's not against knowledge, but if you Genesis 3, I think, is, you know, for me personally, it's the most important chapter of the Bible. Because when you look at what Satan did with the deception, the pursuit of knowledge is an idol. That's the dividing line. And because he said, if you get this knowledge, you'll be like God. And so that became the knowledge became the the pursuit of knowledge became the idol. And we are all subject to that. And that is how, you know, Satan is doing everything in his power to trap people. And this pursuit of knowledge is is a huge trap. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, just to add to that, there are, there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians. They get knowledge about all kinds of things. And they want to talk about, you know, just all the dark occultic stuff that's around us and, oh, how the bad guys are. And then they'll say, oh, but thank you, Jesus. But then they talk about all just how how open they are about their sin. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, I believe in being honest about ourselves. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's like they they revel in it. And it's it's like, man, you you don't know. You don't know the God you're speaking about because if you did, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be talking like that and you wouldn't be reveling in that. Those things for which Christ died, by the way. Scott, we appreciate you very much. It's good to see you again, man. And we'll have you back on as the days approach towards this uh, trial, which I'm hoping is going to be something that really, you know, it has a domino effect. We've been waiting on, you know, we've had attorneys tell us they're going to do this, that, and the other, and they haven't done squat. And then here you are, uh, you know, you're just a dad out there and, you know, the Lord's opening up the doors. I mean, you're the David in this, as far as I see, you're the only one really bringing something here. I mean, maybe there's some other, wait, let me change that. Brian Artis is doing it too. Uh, out there, 24 states uh, they have lawsuits in. So I know there's other people doing it, but God is using the weak things of the world, right? The foolish things of the world like us uh, in order to confound the wise and praise his name for doing so, man. Praise his name for doing so. Scott, I'll talk to you. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at three and then Lord, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. Talk to you then. See you.